0: This is the Women With Vision Podcast, where we get real with some of the leading entrepreneurial superwomen about what it takes to build a business online
1: and beyond with kids, husbands, and everything else. Hey there, superwomen. I am so excited today to have my next guest. You know, I, I don't know if I say this very often, but I was in the military. I don't I don't talk about it often. I was in the reserves. It's been a long time ago. I was in the army. And I it's such a different world for me, such a different time in my life. But I went into the military right after high school, and it, it just kind of changed my life. I think it did affect the way I do things now. I'm much more... Focus on my life and, and uh, I, I definitely picked up a lot of great traits by going through basic training and all this. Well, I'm excited to have my next guest because she is a captain in the United States Air Force. Amazing um, decorated captain who has worked in forensics even before she went into the military. It's just amazing to meet a woman who is making a, such an, uh, uh, she would think of as a male dominated career and uh so this is going to be a really fun conversation because you know of what she really does now and uh and and i'm excited because tomorrow she's moving into a whole nother field so i want to find out all about what she's doing with her military career and miss cat or i should say captain joanne <laughs> whitlock how are you
0: hey tam i'm good thank you so much really quick for having me i'm so honored to be part of your movement i'm so honored to be part of your program and very very happy to be here so thank you
1: i really am excited about this um so tell me a little bit about your background i know that you were born and raised in manila philippines and you went through officer school in 2013 but what made you even go into military in the first place because you were you were like i said you were a forensics investigator in the civilian sector
0: yeah, so um, like I said, so I was born and spent my early childhood in the Philippines met with my family, and then later childhood and early adulthood in Florida, my dad, my stepdad, but he's my dad. He's, um, you know, he's from Texas, adopted me, my brother, and my sister, and he is a Vietnam War veteran, you know, flew C-130s, big influence there, but um, he's really the huge reason about why I'm in the United States to begin with, you know, moved us here and all that. But growing up, you know, in the Asian culture, especially in the Filipino culture, it's ingrained in you that you're going to be a nurse, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer, like they are just those stereotypes that are very, Mm -hmm. much very prevalent in just our culture. And, you know, that wasn't, know, growing up, I kind of went along with it. But then as I got more into, you know, high school, I was like, you know, that's not really what I want to do. Um, And so I got my bachelor's in biological anthropology, and then my master's in forensic science. And I was like, I think, you know, that's kind of what I wanted. So I actually did that for a few years in the Washington DC area, he said I was a forensic investigator, but the huge military pull from my family was still very much there. My brother and sister, you know, joined the Air Force, followed my dad's footsteps. So definitely like a long legacy of military. And so eventually, you know, I decided to commission the Air Force. Um, initially kind of wanted to do something similar, whether it was investigations or, you know, all that. But um, ended up doing a completely different field. I'm a logistics readiness officer by trade, like that is what my career field. So I've been in the Air Force about 10 years now. I've been deployed to Africa, Middle East, been stationed at various locations across the country and overseas. So it's been, it's been a fun ride, but really probably a lot of the The military or the family influence and just really wanting to give back to a country that's done so much for me and my family especially from our very very humble beginnings in the philippines
1: yeah very very cool so you know it's interesting a lot of people do follow their parents footsteps in the military my dad was in the military even though i wasn't raised by my dad but he was in the military and i have plenty of uncles that served as well my brother went in as well so it wasn't like it was a pressure for me at all, but it certainly wasn't foreign. We have a lot of uh, military background uh, with us. But what would you say is your highlights or the most, you know, the best things that you have learned? So I was alluding to how much I personally have learned as a human being by going to the military. What do you think? Really, is some of the highlights of what you've learned as a result?
0: Um, so the highlights is, you know, it's given the military has given me great opportunities to travel. And that is a big part of me. I am just traveling and um, learning more about cultures and different. Like I said, I've been all over the world, all over the country. So experiencing that and, you know, just opening up my eyes to different cultures, different perspectives and just different walks of life. And what's so great about the military is, you know, you come together with people from all walks of life and um, you know, people that you go to training with and all this are, you just become friends, even though they have nothing in common with you. Yeah. So really. I think the biggest thing that I've enjoyed about the military is just learning about where everybody has come from and what brought them to the military, kind of like what you're asking me now, like everybody has such a different story of how they got to where they are. And it's incredible. And then leadership, you know, most of what I've learned from, um, about leadership and is and being a supervisor and all that is from the military. That's been my, you know, my formative like adult career years is in the military. So the do's and don'ts of being a leader, i definitely have experienced leaders that I would never follow in their footsteps, and I have definitely experienced leaders that you know I would love to emulate. So kind of being able to formulate my own way of leadership through all that experience. That's you know, that's a general overview of kind of like just the highlights of what I've learned from the military. Yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. What,
1: do what do you think, do you think is this? some of the things that you have experienced in your life or your career that you would say was just difficult, you know, because I know we all go through ups and downs if we're a person, life is just that. But what do you think some of the things that you have experienced?
0: Um, well, so personally the hardest thing that I've experienced in my life, my mother passed away when I was fifteen. Oh. So that was, you know, that was definitely probably a life-changing event for me at 15 those are form formulative female just years and having your mother there so that has definitely influenced a lot of things about me you know growing up um and so artist things that's personally and also like i said my brother and sister were also in the military so we were spread apart spread around the globe quite a bit even though we are extremely extremely close so we don't, you know, we don't get to see each other every holiday. We don't get to have those reunions all the time. So those are um, some of that. But, you know, those are up some, I guess, lows from my life and career. But if you, I mean, career wise, really want to get into it. When I was a forensic investigator, you know, I worked with detectives. So that was a very male dominated career. Oh, yeah. And then I um, transitioned to the military, an even heavier male dominated career. So yeah so those being exposed to that and definitely you know just the culmination of all the various experiences of um i guess kind of being dismissed as a female as a minority i'm five two i'm you know an asian female i'm not physically imposing my voice it's not loud so it's Mm -hmm. easy to be overlooked or disregarded you know when i'm when i was in a room i look around you know one of these things is not like the other i'm you know usually the one only one that looks like me and just kind of you know don't really stand out. So I've just, so in the beginning, you know, I used to just allow myself to kind of blend in and looking back, I think having that mindset may have caused me to experience probably like some imposter syndrome during certain parts of my life and my career and, you know, through my successes. Um, Yeah, and then just the feelings of slowly, you know, know, the dismissed, being dismissed, slowly creeping up and, you know, microaggressions that, and um, racial jokes that I kind of went along with because it was the easy thing to do, you know, just a lot of, you know, and I still experienced that 10 years in and, but yeah, it's, it's tough sometimes.
1: It's tough. It's tough a lot. It's tough a lot. I mean, cause you, you're dealing with being a minority woman in a very male dominated or, you know, thing. So you're just probably always dealing with something from all sides, even if you just let it brush off your back, or even if you let it just go away, it is, it isn't easy. I was in the same kind of thing. You know, most of my career was in a male, dominated am in an industry and being a black female. Now I'm the opposite of you. I'm 5'11". So you know, I can kind of look at him in the face and just kind of look at him like crazy. <laughs> so it's a little bit easier for me. <laughs> oh my
0: goodness. Yeah, like, you know, you know, like when I was in my early 20s as an investigator, like male detectives from, you know, you're too pretty for this line of work. Like starting from that, that's how, you know, I started off. And then, like I said, when I went to the military, extremely male dominated, like I had lunch with a coworker, you know, one time, we're both in military uniform, sitting down for lunch somebody comes up to our table and thanks my coworker for his service does not even acknowledge me at all but we are sitting right there together we are sitting in uniform together you know i go to the dmv or another agency where i need to you know either apply for military status or veteran status you know and i have been told several times you know oh sorry ma'am the military member is the one that needs to be present to get this benefit or you know something like that or you know i'm moving to my military and from um, military assignment, I'm moving, you know, so I have the moving company in my house, movers are there packing up my belongings and they ask me, you know, so how long has your husband been in the military? Where where is he getting stationed to now that you guys are moving? And I'm like, Right. Oh, it is me. I am the military. Uh, military. I am the, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. So just the constant exposure to just those preconceptions and you know, just being disregarded, you know, just eventually wears you down. It does.
1: What is a new assignment? What is what are um, you gonna be doing now?
0: So I'm actually relocating to Southern California. I'm going to be an assistant professor of aerospace studies and operations flight commander for Cal State University in San Bernardino um, for the Air Force ROTC program there. That is so cool. So, so very stoked. So I will be you know, directly influencing the next generation of officers that are coming after me. So essentially, it's all the you know the college students who are in Air Force ROTC, mm-hmm. I'll be an assistant professor and... You know, instead, like leading and guiding them into their commissioning into the military. That's very cool. How long
1: is that assignment? Do you typically know?
0: So that will be three years. So, so at least two, potentially three.
1: Very cool. That's got to be exciting.
0: I am very excited about it. You know, especially out west. That's really where I feel more at home. My family all live in Las Vegas. Um, so there's definitely quite a bit more diversity than where I currently am in Charleston. Yeah. Carolina, it is is yes. nine day. So yes, I'm very sure. excited, and just having that influence on the next generation of officers and military members is very, very exciting for me.
1: That's cool. What what motivates you? Do you think what is your what is your main motivation? Or here's another even way uh, of looking at it. What is inspiring you right now?
0: Um. So really, I get motivated when you know I see statistics and data that Asian females are just not for Asian females, minorities, like, and, you know, just, we are not that present in the military. So last year, September 21, it said that all the Air Force, it's 5% Asians and then significantly less for Asian females. So, you know, wanting that representation and wanting to see more of that in senior higher ranking folks, that's, that really is what motivates me. I'm actually part of this barrier analysis working group within the Air Force that's focused on analyzing the barriers of what is causing what's preventing promotions and recruitment of uh, Asian Americans into the military like what is hindering that and you know and I get motivated by those pioneers in the Asian American Pacific Islander and Native Hawaiian communities you know who came before me who's going to come after me like you know I know I come after them you know those pioneers and I know that things I do right now are going to influence those are going to come after me so Mm -hmm. you know that that influence definitely motivates me you know and I stand on the shoulder of those before me so knowing that i can pave the path for those who are coming after me you know that's a huge motivation and i refuse to let that next generation down which is why i'm super excited about this next assignment now, I stay motivated by talking to peers, mentors, loved ones, and, you know, and seeing that the slow change that, you know, and I say slow because it is a very slow change, mm-hmm. and but seeing that there is impact, there is effect, but that, that's what motivates me the most.
1: That's awesome. What would you say to another female, a minority female, Asian female, whatever you want, to, whoever you want to talk to, what would you tell her to do if she really wanted to be successful in any, any endeavor? What is, what
0: was the main? Thing you think. Um, so this is funny because I actually just said this to somebody. Um, so I'm a big brother, big sister mentor. Uh huh. So, so just teenage youth, minority females. and So I'm a mentor for them, and I do that here. Uh-huh. And I was just um, having dinner with one of my mentees yesterday, and I did tell her, you know, because she's going through high school right now. Uh, like force the world to tell you no, and then keep going anyway admittedly I still do have like battle with that sometimes and I still get into my own head and you know want to give up or thinking that I don't have what it takes when certain opportunities arise or you know I don't have a skill set but you know at the end of the day I believe in the sheer power of believing in yourself so I told her you know don't let yourself be your own worst enemy and then be the hindrance to your own progress and success like I think people fall into that category quite a bit we You know we get into our own heads and then we are the ones that end up being our own barriers so boldly take on the world force them to tell you no and then make it your goal to prove them wrong i love that and then because i truly truly believe that we have everything in ourselves we already have in within ourselves everything we need to be successful or to be exactly what we need it's just getting that out there one of my favorite quotes from my angelou says you alone are enough you have nothing to prove to anybody That's so so true. I do believe that.
1: I do too. I really do. Oh my goodness, Joanne, I am so excited uh, to have you a part of this project. Is there anything else that you would like to share with my audience that we've left out before we start to say how how they can find you or connect with you?
0: No, so I'm just really right now super excited to be part of this project because again, I am trying to just you know, make all the efforts for D&I. I am very passionate um, with the experiences that I just explained to you, you know, just over 10 years of culmination of just having that feeling, you know, I've seen in myself just the evolution, you know, just internal evolution of my voice, wanting my voice heard, wanting, yes. you know, and um, you know i no longer doubt whether i belong or whether my skills are enough you know i sh- i used to shy away from speaking up and all that and so now when i stick out in the room i said earlier i kind of tried to blend in but now when that happens you know i view the fact that i stick out as a positive thing it and is eagerly provide my insight and different perspective. Um, consider myself a very strong advocate for DEI, empowering minorities and women within the military and outside. Told you the f- efforts that I've been involved in. You know, this past May, I led Asian American Asian American Pacific to Heritage Month for the entire Air Force. Wow. So, yeah, so we did a lot of great interviews and efforts with that. It was a fantastic month, you know, and that led me to be, you know, my the passion for that led me to be a big brother, big sister mentor. You know, I sit on the executive board for a nonprofit organization that's based out of San Diego, Asian Culture Media Alliance. Um, you know, folk, they're focused on supporting and empowering the AAPI community through media arts and entertainment. So there are lots of efforts that I'm you know, getting involved in and I'm just part of, and that's just kinda, and now, your, your project, this Women's Vision International, I'm stoked, stoked, stoked to meet and network with so many incredible women that just to learn from and network. Yeah.
1: I love it. I love it. I love all the stuff that you're doing. And it just makes sense. You know, you're starting to get really more involved in DEI and, and it's just kind of leading to the next thing and opening up like, you know, as you share your voice, you empower other women to share their voice. You give them permission to share. Yeah. And I just love what, what you're creating. How would someone connect with you if they wanted to have you come and speak, or they wanted to connect with the things
0: you're doing? Yes. So I am very heavily on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, the URL is Joanne, J-O-A-N-N-E hyphen Whitlock. So I'm on there. I reach out to folks. I'm a big networker on there, so I reach out to folks on there all the time and vice versa. Also email jmwhitlock11 at gmail.com. I'm very happy to, again, connect, network, discuss, future efforts, events with people,
1: so yes, please. Thank you, Captain Whitlock, for being here, and I look forward to uh, talking to you again and all the stuff we're gonna be doing this year.
0: Yes, thank you, Tam.